Welcome to the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. I'm Derek Glover, preacher of the Monroe Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin, and I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment or a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, or someone that you think would be interested to know more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Good to be with you again this morning as we continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount. It's been broken up a little bit by some travel, but uh, we want to continue through this as it is an excellent study and an excellent way to understand a little better uh, the heart of God and His what he, His blessings, His gifts that He has laid out for us and how those are received and what a life lived in faith and in trust of Him looks like. We come to Matthew chapter 7 today, beginning in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I was looking at this verse, thinking about it, and preparing to present a lesson on it. Uh, As I was doing that, I was thinking about how simple this seems. And our relationship with God is something so close and so intimate that we can simply ask for what we need. We can look for what we need and he's going to make sure we find it. We can knock, we can uh, be persistent and he will reveal himself. It seems so simple, and as I was thinking about how simple it seemed, I remembered the school starts this week, that we're going to have one week of our kids in school for four days, and one week of them home doing virtual learning. That my five-year-old, who's going to school really for the first time in kindergarten, is going to be wearing a mask, he's going to be separated to a degree from his fellow students. He's going to have a teacher that he's never known, brand new to him, who's going to have her face partially covered, and he's scared. He's nervous about that. It's going to look different. I'm nervous about that for all of my kids. This is a difficult and challenging time. In the midst of worrying about that and how we're going to manage that, There is so much anxiety and unrest throughout our country for that and other things. And we saw that hit very close to home in the last week, just a week ago. And I know there's different sides to that issue, and I know that there's different opinions on that issue. But the result of that issue and the events that took place in Kenosha last week don't change based on our opinion of it. Whatever you think about that, what happened, the outcome of it is turmoil, destruction, rioting, unrest, fear, and a very damaging situation. 
for a community very close to us. The aftermath of things like that are almost worse than the events themselves for some people. And we've seen that as well. And all this is taking place in the middle of an election year with the news blaring from all directions constantly, with kids worried and parents even more worried, businesses struggling, and people who are afraid. And I read, ask, seek, and knock. And I hope that God will forgive me because I had the thought, I'm sorry, but that just seems a little too simplistic for the world we live in. I'm supposed to just go ask and you're going to make it better? I'm supposed to seek after you and it's all going to be okay? If I approach your throne and knock at that door, you're going to let me in and grant me peace. This world that we live in seems far too complex, complicated, nuanced, and difficult for ask, seek, and knock. There are times in life, and there have been times in the lives of God's children, where ask, seek, and knock felt a little too simplistic, felt a little inadequate. The story of Hezekiah, who is one of my, probably my favorite king, in the stories of the kings. And one of my favorite people to read about in all of scripture. He had a time when that didn't seem to be adequate for his life. It's recorded in 2 Kings. It's also recorded in the book of Isaiah. Because Isaiah was, his, was the prophet who was the spiritual counselor to Hezekiah. And we begin in, in Isaiah chapter 36. A little background here. King of Assyria, Sennacherib, pretty rotten guy, has decided he's going to attack the kingdom of the Lord. And he sends a message. And Hezekiah is trying to make a deal with him. He's trying to, trying to hold off this attack. And then uh, Sennacherib sends this message to the people okay, through a messenger. And it, it's in uh, chapter 36, verse 13. Hear the words of the great king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for you, he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine and each one of his own fig tree and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware, lest Hezekiah mislead you by saying, the Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of uh, Sepharavam? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? Very interesting tactics Sennacherib takes to remind the people of Hezekiah's kingdom that this simple view that you just trust in your God and everything's going to be okay, it doesn't work because my army is bigger than your God. Look at all the other people I've conquered. They all had gods too. And not one of them 
is still standing. Don't put your trust in Hezekiah. Don't put your trust in the God of Hezekiah. Just put your trust in me. I will take care of you. And you can live peacefully as my subjects. That's Hezekiah's message to the people. That message is then delivered to Hezekiah and he crafts a response. And then there is a response again from Sennacherib. Sennacherib says this in chapter 37, beginning of verse 10. Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, the king of Judah. Do not... Now, remember the first, the first speech is to the people. Don't let Hezekiah deceive you into trusting in God. And now here's the message to Hezekiah individually. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, devoting them to destruction. And shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them? The nations that my fathers destroyed, Gozan, Haran, Resif, and the people of Eden who are in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharvaim, the king of Hena, and the king of Iva? This is the letter that is sent to Hezekiah. Now you think about the pressure and the, the fear that, that, that Hezekiah is experiencing. And the things he's done in his life, he becomes king when he's 25 years old. His dad was a tyrant and a terrible king, an evildoer, who allowed idols and altars to be built. Hezekiah's already gotten rid of all of those. He's restored the law. And now he's facing this threat, this threat from a powerful army. And he is saying to his people, trust in the Lord as I trust in the Lord, and he will deliver us. And the enemy says, you can't be serious. The enemy says, how simple-minded of you. How ignorant of you. All the other gods have failed. All the other nations have fallen. Why do you think you're special? Give up. And don't give yourself over to this lie that there is a loving and powerful God who's going to rescue you. Now, we're here this morning because we are faithful people. We all believe in God and in his son Jesus. But that doesn't mean that every day is easy in the face of the things we see in this world. There are days when the world is telling us, you can't be serious. Don't let this God deceive you. Don't let these Christians fool you. And in the face of pandemics and racial unrest and riots and political upheaval, in the face of all of that, we strive to preach Jesus his death and his resurrection, and people shake their heads and say, you can't possibly think that's going to help anything. When people are crying out for you to make a statement, or for you to take a stand, or for you to choose a side, and we try to rest on the love of Jesus Christ to bring peace to our community and to our families, and people say, that's weak. That's weak. In those moments, ask, seek, and knock feels very inadequate. 
And part of the reason that it feels a little inadequate is because we have this picture of this bright, shiny little relationship with God. Where when we need something, we just fold our hands and we talk to him and we ask for it and there it is. And everything's fine. And if you just have enough faith to do that, everything will be okay. Or if if you're smart enough and you know your Bible well enough, you know your scriptures, you can find the answer in there. You can look through and you can find the wisdom of God to deliver you from this trouble. And if you really just keep plugging along one step at a time in this life, God's going to be there for you. And we have this picture that it's supposed to be very easy and that if it doesn't come easy, there's something wrong with your faith and that it's supposed to be neat and pretty and it can never have ugliness and it can never be full of doubt or fear. That only those who are perfectly faithful and righteous can come before God asking, seeking, and knocking. That's the image we have. And it's the opposite of what Jesus was trying to explain in the Sermon on the Mount Because if there was one thing that these people that he's talking to were unable to do, it was ask and seek and knock. Their questions were not answered. They did not have the standing or authority to ask anything of God. They went to their priest. They couldn't seek. They couldn't put forth the effort to learn. Most of them couldn't read. And they didn't have the authority or the standing or the means to read the Holy Scriptures, only to be told what they said. And they certainly couldn't knock because a door was never open to them because they weren't part of the right tribe or the right family. He's speaking to people who were religiously oppressed. And what he's telling them with ask, seek, and knock is that there is an avenue for you now to the Lord. And he'll reveal later that it's through him, but he is offering a path to a relationship with God in a way that they've never experienced, direct and intimate. And that doesn't always look pretty and perfect. And we'll see in the story of Hezekiah that it doesn't always look pretty and perfect. Chapter 37, verse 14, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. He took this letter and he laid it out in front of God. He said, I want you to read this. God, I want you to read what this guy's saying about you. Take a look at this because I don't like it. I'm scared. I feel like maybe, maybe this isn't the right decision. I need to know you're there. And he lays it out before God. There are times in this world, like we're experiencing now, where it just doesn't feel like it's enough to sit down at the dinner table or by the bedside and fold your hands and say your prayer and ask God to protect and deliver you from the troubles of this world. But we don't feel like we have permission to be bold before God the way Hezekiah was. But God invites boldness. He invites that relationship. My children tell me probably 327,000 different things a day. Most of them Oliver. He's a talker. But they have so much to talk about, so much to tell me, so many stories, so many things they saw, so many things that happened. And I love it. I mean, really, I love it. I, I definitely love it. So 
I love, in, in, in all honesty, that the, the fact that we have communication. There are days when one of my children comes home from school and they had a bad day. Something bad happened to them. Something hurtful happened to them. Or they're out playing in the neighborhood and they're upset by something that happened. I don't like hearing those things. They hurt. They bother me. But I don't tell my kids to shut up just because I don't like what they have to say. Part of an intimate paternal relationship is that we listen to the good things and we listen to the bad things. God wants a relationship with us through his son. That's why he sent him. And he expects that relationship to have wonderful times, but he also knows that it's not always going to look pretty because that's what a father is there to listen for. The hurtful, painful times. And Hezekiah lays out the accusations of Sennacherib before the Lord. And he says, I need you to do something about this. I, I don't know what to do, but I know that you're God, and I know you're the one true God, and I know that you command everything in this world and beyond. And I trust you. What Hezekiah was doing was asking he was seeking. He was knocking. Not in the way that we think of it. But in the way that he knew how. In turmoil and in pain. And sometimes this world has turmoil and pain. And yet, we are still called to ask. To seek and to knock. Because if we ignore and do not take advantage of that gift that Jesus bought on the cross with his own blood, we are wasting such an amazing opportunity to speak to the creator of this universe, to speak to the one who made Adam from the dust, to speak to the one who commanded Noah to build the ark, to speak to the one who appeared to Moses in the bush, to speak to the one who Hezekiah laid out Sennacherib's letter before. It's okay to tell God that things are hard down here and we don't like it. Sometimes asking and seeking and knocking means laying out the garbage in front of God and asking him to please help me figure out what this all means. We think of ask, seek, and knock as something that the faithful or the especially righteous people are good at. And therefore, when we struggle with it, we think there must be something wrong with us. I think this is one of the greatest poisons that is infecting the church and infecting people of faith. That we have begun to think that somewhere out there, there are these perfect people who have it all figured out and their faith is rock solid. And if I don't look like them, mine must be weak and therefore there's something wrong with me. It's the exact same thing infecting our culture, by the way, with social media. Uh, we were at, at, at the beach uh, on a vacation last week. And as we're at the beach, there are uh, these people down the beach a little ways, but the closest uh, umbrella and towel to us. 
And it was two friends, it uh, seemed to be, and one of them was the official photographer, it seemed, because every few minutes, they would hand the phone to the other one, and they would, they would pose, and they would take about 16 pictures in different poses, and then they'd hand the phone back while that person then figured out which one to post to Instagram or to put on their Twitter, because they need the world to see what a great time they're having. How many people did I see... At sunset, at the beach in Naples, Florida, holding their phone, watching the sunset through a screen. There's no resolution better than with the naked eye. And yet, 75% of the people were watching it through a screen, really missing it. Because they want to show the world what a great time they're having. That's infected our culture because we think everybody else is happier than us, smarter than us, more well-off than us. And we know it's a lie. We do the same thing spiritually. We do the same thing spiritually. Whether it's something that someone is projecting or just something that we interpret by our own insecurity, we see Christians around us and think that they must automatically have a better relationship with God than we do. Because praying is hard for me. Or maintaining my, uh, and, and withholding my temper is hard for me. Not saying harsh and hurtful things is tough for me. I struggle with being generous and not being selfish. I struggle with walking a Christian life, and we just assume that means that we must be less than in the faith department. And so we don't ask, and we don't seek, and we don't knock, because our asking and seeking and knocking just doesn't look like everyone else's. God's okay with you wrestling with him, because wrestling with God is better than having no contact at all. He's okay with wrestling with you, because at least you're touching. God wants a relationship. And if that means laying out your garbage before him and asking him to help you sort through it, that's what he wants. And that is the heart of what Jesus is saying. That if, if you want something, ask for it. If you're looking for something, go seek it. And if you're waiting, knock. The door will be opened. The door was opened by Christ in his death. The ultimate example of asking and seeking and knocking is what we do with God through Christ. Because asking, seeking, and knocking is not something just done by the spiritually elite or the super righteous. Ultimately, those that ask and seek and knock are those that understand and acknowledge they don't have the answers themselves. No one asks unless they have a question. And some people think they're too smart to have questions. It's the humble. It's the troubled. It's the anxious. It's the broken. Those are the ones that ask. Those are the ones that seek. Those are the ones that knock. And those are who God answers. And he answered through Jesus Christ. And he offers the opportunity for us to ask, seek, and knock in baptism, in a faithful Christian life that's been saved, rescued by the blood of his son. If you have a need this morning, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement in that journey, 
If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ in baptism, then we offer you an opportunity at this time as we stand and while we sing together. Thank you for joining us for the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. We hope that you have found today's message to be uplifting, inspirational, and encouraging. Most of all, we hope that it helps you along your spiritual journey. If you have any questions or comments or would like to drop us a line, you can do so at MonroeWICOC at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to you joining us next week.